listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. baby (laughs) that we killed it uh that really worked i stand by wanting to do that i didn't expect the baby though i'm in like a fun millennial way i'm not sure what its origins are you know the like baby that kind of thing i'm not sure either but i just realized by saying i didn't expect the baby that's a lot of women have said that (laughs) (laughs) whoa It's a a real double meeting. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We're in season two. We made it. We got renewed. We did it, Will. Yeah, I know. Uh, One more, at least one more season. I can't wait to see what it holds for us. Um, Oh, wow. You just took a positive thing and you you flipped it on its head and you said, at least one more. We're going all seven, baby. That's what I know. Baby. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No, I mean, I think I like imagining that we are also. I like. There's (laughs) in some of the video games I played as a child, Uh there's an element called the fog of war, which means that you don't see the full map of the game that you're playing. And I like sort of taking that approach to watching Parks and Rec episodes. So I add like the fog of war um, in the sense where I pretend that I don't know what the future holds. So you're um, like that voicemail we got that was like, where do you think Andy's going? But no spoilers. I know you've watched it. See, because yeah. I think I've seen this show so many times. I can't pretend there's a fog in Pawnee. That's fair. I think I also take kind of like a Mark approach where I like I will gently hit myself on the head before we start recording. So like my recollection of future episodes is fuzzy, you know. I try to not foggy, more fuzzy. Yeah. Less well, fog, this is only your second time through the series. I'm For me, baby. it's like my three hundredth, four hundredth time watching through. That yeah. No, I, so I know little, I'm in the presence of like, greatness. Yeah. You no, it's not that. It's just a little it's easier. Like if I've met someone one time, I can be like, I don't know much about them. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, really start over with an impression. But if I've known someone for years and I spent a lot of time with them, I can't pretend I don't know my cousin. I just made that person my cousin. I hope that yeah, works. I like I like a relationship to a television show being like, <laughs> you know, intimate enough for a cousin. <laughs> intimate enough for a cousin. You all who are listening, um, we watched season two, episode one, Pawnee Zoo. We're we're in season two. It's episode one. It's so it's so exciting because while there's still a lot of growth to happen and it's gonna get better and better and better, it's already Season two and clearly not season one. You're talking Parks about the show Parks and Rec, not yes. not Pawnee Public Radio. Although I've also been growing a lot. When we <laughs> started recording, so much. I was six. I feel like a lot now? of our comments are like, "Will's getting yeah." Now you're like six <laughs> ten. They're like, "Will's getting so tall." Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because I slouch all day at my little desk, and then when I stand up straight, it's it's just that much. That it's much like taller. that incredible uh, future Parks and Rec line where. Uh, Tammy too tells April to not slouch that her boobs will look better if she puts her shoulders back. And so she does. And then Andy comes in and goes, babe, your boobs look amazing. (laughs) See, I can't pretend I don't see through the fog. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's a good balance though. You know, I think we need one person foggy and fuzzy, happy to 
happy to play that role. But he's crystal, but crystal clear on the episode we're talking about, to be clear. Oh, yeah. No, never been. He, Will and I just watched. We're so excited to talk about it. We're going to do our usual A story, B story, C story um, breakdown. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just wanted you to know we're doing the usual thing. <laughs> no surprises. Season two, yeah. no surprises for season two of how we start this off. Uh, but before we get it, did you like the episode? Like, was it fun to watch? I loved the episode. It felt like it felt like coming home again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you'll hear soon enough, or you'll remember right now if you just watched it. Um, but it's just like one of my favorite cold opens. I just think it's so fun. Um, yeah, I think, I think we see more and more of like the side characters becoming more of like featured players and everyone having like a little personality. For those listening, the cold open is the opening before the episode starts, Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily have to do with the main storyline. So yeah, like the cold open of our podcast, maybe you know, you hear the intro theme song. Will and I talk about frogs as like a funny bit, and then we go into the main mm. thing. I don't know why I felt like I needed to make a cold open. You had to make it up when we had the baby. I had to make it up. We, we have it here. <laughs> I know. I really, I, you know, season two on this podcast is really going to be about making things more difficult than they need to be. <laughs> um, but I want to get started. You know what? Before we get into the A story, B story, we'll love this cold open so much. And also, I love the episode. I kept saying while we were watching, oh, great scene every couple seconds. But we'll really love this cold open. I love it, too. It really kicks off right away and reminds you this show's about to heat up. I'm going to let Will describe the cold open. So, Leslie is working away in her office. Ron comes in. One of Ron's bigger moments in this episode Ron, not very present. We went back through. We were like, what was Ron up to all episode? He just kind of pops in and out. But he plays a crucial role in this cold open. Crucial. Do you remember what the first thing that he says is? He says something that like, that is also the first lyric of a song by the Fresh Prince. And Leslie goes into like a full, she like raps the whole song. Like I am going to look at the first line right now so Beautiful. we know. Exa- we can give you the exact thing. Okay, yeah. here's the situation. Mm-hmm. That's the line he says. Here's the situation. And then Leslie yeah. goes into the, what's the next line, Hannah? Your parents went away on a week's vacation. Yeah, see, it's hard to stop once you get started. They left the keys to the brand new Porsche. <laughs> once you get on a roll, it just flows. Would they mind? Well, of course not. That's why they call it a I'll just take flow. it for a little <laughs> spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends. <laughs> No one asked me to recreate this line by line. Okay. So no one what- asked me to audition for an acapella group, but I would have been great. Not at the scene. Um, this is this this mention of acapella groups. I know we're about to describe the episode, but it touches really close to home because when I was in college, I was really lucky to be a, get to be a part of like great comedy groups and great programs. Mm-hmm. But my dream was always to be in an acapella group. But my one problem, maybe you just picked up on it, I can't sing and I'm tone deaf. Mm. And acapella is about being able to sing even without like a piano. Well, singing tone specifically. If it was like atonal, it could have been a perfect match <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, so I no, always really went hard. to acapella concerts in college. I'm sorry, and Hannah, I didn't mean to bring that up. No, it's really, I'm no, really but it sorry. has a happy ending, but a weird ending. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I graduated college in 2014 with Will. Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. Six years later, 
um, actually like right before, uh, yeah, right before the pandemic hit, um, I was out with an old college friend and his two friends from college. He was, we were all eating dinner. He reveals to me that they were in acapella groups and I told them I know all the acapella groups. Then I started listing all the Northwestern acapella groups. For those curious, Pitch Perfect was based on Northwestern acapella groups. Acapella is a really big deal in Northwestern. So we're walking to our car after we had pizza. And I said, listen, can you just, for me, do the like bum, 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 like acapella thing? And can I just pretend it was me and these two other people I won't list their first and last names. I've gotten savvier in season two. But I said, can you just do I just it would make <laughs> me so happy if I got to pretend I was in an a cappella group. Yeah. One of them was in uh I think no, they were both in Thunk. Um, oh, the cool one. That was yeah, the, the sexy cool acapella one. They, group, right? The sexy I was gonna yeah. say Thunk was known for being very sexy. They were all black. Um yeah, Thunk I mean, you know, Purple Haze you like really with ruled Dunk, it. Hannah? Yes. So oh my I say, God. so and you're talking so no, to well, me well, now. First, no, but at <laughs> first they were like, Hannah, this is silly. And my friend was like, Hannah, this is silly. But they, they no. right before they got in their car, the guy was like, let's just do this to humor her. So they start doing the bum, bum, bum thing. Do you remember the and song? And I start What's singing. Um, I was so overwhelmed with emotion. I don't even know that I yeah. fully can tell you specifics other than the fact that I, I kid you not, I, I got to sing with them. And then I burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I started crying. And <laughs> I felt so dorky. And, and because I, I had been playing it off as a joke. Like, oh, oh yeah. Like, I love acapella. And then I tried through my tears to be like, don't worry. This is a joke. I'm joke crying. <laughs> Commit to the bit. Yeah. I was really. I am Pagliacci was like, the clown. <laughs> uh, wait, what did you say? I, I referenced a, some old joke. So like no, Pagliacci. I said, okay. I am Pagliacci the clown. It's where the clown goes to a therapist and the therapist is like, oh, you're depressed, you're depressed. You should go see this clown who's in town. Pagliacci, he's the greatest. I'm really glad I asked you to explain this. Yeah, um, yeah I was Pagli. And so I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend, and then I, so the two thug acapella kids get in their car and my friend is, I'm like, this is a joke. I'm joking. And then he was like, you're definitely not because you have tears streaming down your face. Um, but it was just, I was so happy. Yeah. It was tears of joy because I got to live out the dream that I'd always had of being in an acapella group, even though I'm tone deaf. Yeah. This feels important. I'm glad we interrupted no. the cold open. Well, the one other thing I wanted to just add is that there's a man on fire in the park, which is <laughs> kind of, that's kind of the experience of the cold open is like Leslie. <laughs> yes. This it's was like, perfect. Yeah, it's Leslie, Leslie describing her experience with college acapella groups, and it's beautiful, but it does take a long time. Just enough it time, does. but a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, Leslie raps through the whole song, yeah. and then Ron goes, there's someone on fire in Ramsey Park. Yeah. Um, Cut to credits. Similar welcome to, to this story. <laughs> yeah, welcome to season two. Um, so I like that I similarly went on a story. Um, I want to know if you're listening they're listening. Do, do, if they got to this point, they're listening. <laughs> I guess you're listening. Um, you've dropped your dishes. You're not making out. You're in your car. Mm. So many things from season one. Um, is there anything that you've ever 
jokingly said you've always wanted to do, but like if you got to do it, you would cry tears of joy. Because for me, that's acapella. Mm. I experienced such visceral joy. Because I, because, because you have to understand, I never tried out for an acapella team. I know I can't sing, but I just would go to the acapella Music, concerts man. and watch yeah. them all bop in sync. And it was just so great. You were like, no improv game can compete with this. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, we would come on stage and improv and be like, we need a suggestion. No, no suggestion needed for these acapella groups. Especially Thunk. Yeah, they practiced ahead. Thunk is Thunk was the sexy one. Purple Haze ruled the school for a while. Although I feel like the undertones were really coming for Purple Haze's like top dog crown by the end of our years. Who knows what the, the first aca- and last names of acapella groups. Acapella landscape is right now. It could have totally shifted while we were gone. You think Shirenu really made a comeback? <laughs> I I don't know if they're still going. My friend sang with Shereno, but I hope so. So did one of my friends. That that was the Jewish one. There was brown mm-hmm. sugar. Yeah. What I really what I really want to know is if you're listening in from Northwestern and you're a current student, what is the acapella landscape now? I guess it's mostly virtual, so it'd be a lot of like Zoom bopping. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoom also, bop. <laughs> if you were a part of a acapella group, yeah. can I be an honorary member? <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to. I think there's like a little more time that needs to go by before we get we start getting like honorary uh, undergraduate. No, I'm, not, I'm not asking for an honorary degree from anywhere. I just want an honorary acapella membership. Mm. I think it's time. There's someone in on fire in Ramsey Park. It's time mm. to get to the actual episode. I can't believe how long I talked about. <laughs> you don't understand, Will. I cried. I okay, understand. I guess you understand. <laughs> So, the A story, I'm going to introduce us in. This episode is called Pawnee Zoo. Uh, now I'm just singing everything to try to prove to you my acapella goodness. <laughs> you um, yeah. I'm really tone deaf. I know this. Uh, there was one year in middle school I could sing on key, thanks to a nice choir director. Um, this whole episode <laughs> should just be about my acapella dreams. <laughs> we just never, we should just never talk about the episode itself. So Leslie Nope really wants to join an acapella group. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Leslie Nope is doing promotions for the Pawnee Zoo. Mm-hmm. So uh, parrots live a really long time, so they throw a birthday party for a parrot. Chimpanzees are really smart, she says, and so they throw a graduation for a chimpanzee, and they hope it will throw its cap. But instead, it throws its feces like yeah. it always does. Do what you know. You um, know? If it ain't broke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've noticed that I sometimes respond to your jokes as like by saying, yeah, that's true. No, no. But that's um, what I miss most about like a live audience. You know, is I miss I miss them hearing. in unison going, that's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, most comedy is just re- people relating to what you're saying. So. Yeah. You're doing something right if the audience is saying that. Um, I learned that from my acapella group. Um, okay, so Leslie uh, Penguin decides uh, because penguins mate for life, uh, she's going to marry two penguins, Tux and Flipper, who will be very much main characters from this point forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole series becomes about Tux and Flipper and their journey. Um, but Leslie is marrying Tux and Flipper. And they start um, 
doing it like they do on the Discovery Channel. And she is, some kid asks if uh, they'll be making babies. And the zookeeper reveals that Tux and Flipper are both boy penguins. Mm-hmm. And thus kicks off the main the main story of the episode, which is yeah. Leslie has accidentally performed a gay wedding with two penguins. Uh, we did a little research after this episode um, because, of course, now gay marriage is legal everywhere. Thank goodness. Um, but the episode came out in t- 2009. Uh, this was the beginning of the uh, gay marriage uh debate uh, we, we we were both remembering it was a debate at the time um so only a few states had legalized gay marriage it wasn't legalized uh nationally uh i say this because it does add a lot of context for the episode don't you think well yeah yeah it's a pretty cool one to, to like kick off season two with because i think it also in a pretty clear light paints you know it as a thing that not just penguins but all people should be able to do <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the episode does this really clever thing where Leslie very much accidentally steps into this role Mm -hmm. as um, a politician who has taken a stance, (laughs) despite her not wanting to, um, but really says, kind of illustrates how silly it is uh, that that this is any sort of big deal. But so she marries these two penguins and then we're introduced to someone who's actually going to be a reoccurring character, Marsha Langley um, for the, I think family stability foundation, Martha Langman, I think Marsha Langman. She doesn't deserve to get a real, (laughs) a real name. Um, And so she comes in and tells Leslie that she either, that she should annul the the wedding of the two of Tux and Flipper Mm -hmm. and resign. And Leslie is shocked. Ron also makes an appearance to say, come on in. And then this has nothing to do with me and leaves. Uh, he does not have a big part this episode. I do wonder. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that she is. I understand that as her character is like, a you know, a homophobic trope is against gay penguin marriage. But I was surprised that she was for gay penguin divorce. It also it seems like. <sighs> You know, this, potentially that's a, a very deep there. point. Or as I say to your jokes, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, Marsha Langley is in Langman. Oh, gosh, I'm not going to say her name right now. What is her name again? I think it's Martha, like Martha Washington mm-hmm. Langman. Martha. Like Langman. We, we later meet yeah. her husband, Marshall. Oh, that is. That's, that's why a big I'm getting up. confused. So See, at the me, same time, he just looks like a cloud. Like he, I have like some some features, but he's just sort of like a hazy blob who I can't wait um, to meet. <laughs> so the Lang lady, as mm. I'm going to be calling her, yep. while she's telling Leslie she needs to resign, we have the opposing um, force, uh, the boys at the Bulge, which is the gay bar near Ron's house. Uh, wanting to celebrate Leslie, April, who I really feel like the writers fully get. I mean, I've always said April is a character the writers understand. Yeah. But at this point, they're full in understanding April. She brings her boyfriend, Derek, and his boyfriend, Ben, to uh, to meet Leslie. It's mm. a, a youth culture thing that Leslie doesn't get, their yeah, dating it, situation. April explains it. And she says, Derek is gay, but he's straight for me, but he's gay for Ben. And Ben's really gay for Derek. And I hate Ben. So that clears it up. Yeah. It's it's the youth. <laughs> um so they want to throw a party for Leslie at the bulge. 
So Leslie is torn between not wanting to take a stance and loving that they've made her a nope sort of uh sort of hope Obama esque uh Yeah, it's a very Photoshop creation. <laughs> they use computers, it looks slick. It looks really good. <laughs> I like photo Photoshop creation. That's what all of us are these days. Where well, did this design originate? <laughs> yeah, right. It was during it was like during Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. Yes. And 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 I love, you know, similar to how I'm describing it in an awkward way. Leslie has this great line where she's like, "Who made that?" And they're like, "We did." And she's like, "How?" And they're like, "Computers." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." Um, it's a very funny moment. So sh- um she decides She's going to go to the bulge to tell them that she, like, can't accept the honor fully because the Lang lady has told her to resign and she doesn't mm. want to s- start waves. Yeah. Start but, waves. You know, the classic like starting waves. <laughs> it seems like she's kind of going to try to do it in a way that doesn't, you know, she's not going to say yes or no. She's trying to, to, like, not commit to this issue. Yes. Yeah. Um, She's not trying to take a stance, as she mm. says many times. But she gets to the bulge, and in a very, like, best qualities of Michael Scott, because we've compared her a lot to Michael Scott in season one, and I think she's straying away from that. But Mm. at his best, he just, Michael Scott loves when people are celebrating him. It's sort of like his Achilles heel where he can't help it. And Leslie Nope has a similar moment where she walks into this party uh, she spent many nights at the bulge, she reveals, trying to pick up men. So now she knows it's a gay bar. Um, but she walks into this party. They hand her a drink, and she takes the shot like a champ, which only makes them like her more. April even has a look going, wow. Um, and they're all celebrating her. And so she can't help but party all night with everybody. Yeah, I think it's – we can talk more about it, but it it does feel like – I mean, I I grew up in a, a small town in Arkansas and then went to school with Hannah in Northwestern. And I do feel like what I grew up maybe learning about things as like a political issue or something, like my thoughts, so much of what I sort of assumed about the world would just change as soon as I met someone who like fit into what had before just been a category for me. And I think this scene really embodies that where it's like, She's surrounded by all of these like joyful gay men, and it, it sort of becomes like, oh, this shouldn't be an issue, you know? Or <laughs> like it, I don't know. I, I just sort of love that her, uh, the beginning of her shift towards like, actually, you know what? I will take a stance. Starts in yeah. this really joyful way with like having a really wonderful time with the boys of the bulge. I just, I think yeah, Leslie I in season two, episode one. <laughs> begins to hit her stride in what makes her awesome. Mm-hmm. Some of it's the A story. Some of it's in the B story, which I'll talk about when Will gets to the B story. But I agree with you. Yeah. Um, that small town perspective from Will. Um, so she has a lovely night dancing to the Black Eyed Peas, which were really big in 2009. Yeah. Um, so 2000 and late, <laughs> which is what 2009 is. If you're 2000 and late, it's by that mm-hmm. point, <laughs> it might as well be 2009. Go on. Please, and Lady Gaga's <laughs> poker face. Uh, mm-hmm. The next day, she, you know, is like, I'm queen of the gays. I'm feeling good. Ron pops in for his role this episode, which is uh, plot. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. She has been called to go on Pawnee Today. And we are introduced to the Pawnee Today host, 
Joan Calamezzo. And she's been brought on to sort of debate the Lang lady about um, the right to marry these two cute penguins. So she goes on the show. Tom is sort of her buddy throughout the episode. Mm, kind of a bag man um, role. Kind of like should be there as a support position, but is maybe just there to constantly undercut her. Um, yeah, I also think she has the most fun this episode, and yeah. he kind of follows the fun in the party. He gets to party all night, and then he gets to uh, go to Pawnee today, which it's revealed he's been on a lot. I love, we'll, we'll talk montage, all about yeah. Pawnee today, <laughs> but, you know, so she goes on, and at first, uh, she tries to remain polite, but by the end, Joan's like, so where are you from? And she's <laughs> yelling what did I do? She's just, you know, she really unravels and she really uh, sticks to her guns and takes a stand, which is these penguins are cute. Mm. Um, she refuses, uh, no matter how many, we kind of get a sense of the town of Pawnee, again, once again, being against her, saying she should resign. Uh, and the episode ends with her taking Tux and Flipper to... Iowa. Iowa. I, almost, Iowa. I, was, I was deciding between Idaho and Iowa in my head, but to Iowa. And she has the great line where she's like driving towards Six Flags and um, she's like, we should go on a water slide. It'd be adorable, but they'd die. Um, <laughs> I realized going through this A story, an issue that I'm going to have to be aware of in our season two A story, B story descriptions, mm -hmm. which is that I like too many lines. And so it takes forever because I want to pause and be like, this was a funny moment. We could start just doing table readings of the scripts. You know, we could. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, which you are, because I, you know, you're <laughs> hearing me say this, let us know is, you know, we, we want people to watch the episode and then listen to our podcast. But do you also want us to have an additional episode each week of us just reading all the characters? <laughs> um, that's the A story. We'll take it away with the baby B. That's not that baby, a B. No, it's got a lot of heart. Uh, Baby B is... Anne's heart. It's all about Anne's heart. And what is she going to do with it? We learn right off the bat, she has sort of a, a burgeoning friendship with Mark Brandanowitz, who, if you'll recall, at the end of season one, took a tumble into the pit. But he didn't die. He didn't die. Uh, but he did, he did have a serious head wound, which left him in the Pawnee Hospital, which is... Kind of like Anne's office for a nurse. The yeah. hospital is my favorite like an office. line yeah. about him. This episode is he hit his head and now he's nice because <laughs> I feel like it's the writers being sort of we know this character didn't work, so let's try to make him nice. Will you like him now? <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes him up a little bit. Um, but he, we see in in some in a quick little montage, we see that he does have sort of a rapport with Anne. Um, they make fun of an old. An old man's back tattoo. Awesome back tattoo. Yeah, so. Mark, you wish. <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't hear what they're saying. It could be, I also have that tattoo. You know, we don't actually. That's true. We don't hear it. Um, but B story is all about whether or not they're going to go see what I can only presume is Food Inc. together, which I think was coming out around this right time, which I just want to add. Is yes, I think the documentary about food that's got to be Food Inc. I'm going to look up as you continue to speak if Food Inc. when Food Inc. was premiered. So this, this might, is a lot of 2009 specific episodes. Yeah, we're going to have to. I mean, it's a period piece at this point. You know, we've got to do our <laughs> we've got to do our research of the late Food Ops. Inc. June 12th, 2009. This episode just was out. out. Let's see. Uh, season two, episode one, Parks and Rec. 
came out September 17th. 2009. Bam. Fooding. They're watching Fooding. That is a great call. Will, here's the thing. Will and I were both (laughs) about 17. This is really our our prime teenage years of this episode. That's amazing. It is also a very bad date movie. (laughs) It's a lot of like baby chickens. Oh, I confused food. (laughs) I could just confuse Food Inc. with. Supersize me. When did Supersize me? Oh, come great out? date movie. Great date movie. That Where he just know. gets bigger and bigger. Oh, 2004. So it's definitely Food Inc. he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Mark asked her to the documentary about food, which is clearly Food which Inc. Is certainly Continue. Food Inc. We cracked the code. Um, and it's like, I can't. I'll be betraying my friendship with Leslie. She confides in Leslie. Leslie yes, is eating does. a salad, hates it. Switches to Oreos halfway through the scenes. That's just the most relatable relatable thing in the whole episode. (laughs) Do you know how many times I've been eating healthy food here and I switch to these little ice cream bars I've bought? It's just, (laughs) it's the most relatable part of the episode. Yeah. She's the the every woman. Um, And Anna's sort of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to betray our friendship. Um, Mm -hmm. We get a little tease of a secret language between the two where Leslie I think, you know, what what is what's the line that starts it? I think Anne says what does she say? You're the one well, who remembers all the good well, lines. Well, I remember every, I remember a lot of good <laughs> lines, but I'm not like a textbook. You can't be like what specifically did she okay. say at the 10 minute mark? That's not fair. Okay. Well, I was bragging about how crystal clear this episode was for me. Um, well, she's, you know, she's talking about we need to, I don't know exactly what you're referencing, but she talks about how Anne and her should create a secret language. And Anne's yes, like, yes, yes. okay, but in the meantime, I'm just going to speak in English because we don't have a secret language yet. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, again, we talk a lot about foreshadowing. I'm assuming by season four or five, Parks and Rec will be entirely in this new language and Hannah and I yeah. will have to learn it together. Yeah. We'll translate it to, for you. Okay. Beautiful. So she's talking to Anne. She doesn't – she says thank you. She doesn't, like, give her permission to date Mark right away. She's yeah. freaked out that that this is might be a thing. That things have happened so fast. Even though she is publicly, you know, with Mark said, there's nothing romantic going on. There's still – she still has some yeah, lingering – Yeah, but you only say that to a guy if you're ready to jump <laughs> his boats. So, shortly after, another man from Anne's life walks back into it. Andy, who had been mountain climbing in Kansas, shows up at her door in a full suit. But first, he showed up for the first time in the opening credits. He's officially a full member of the cast. That's true. Which, so, yeah, so he's in, he's in the credits. So we're just waiting for him to jump out on surprises at some point. Yeah. And boy, does he. He jumps out. He's wearing a suit. He's learned the word mature. Mm-hmm. I strongly, again, relate to mispronouncing bigger words because when you read no one there's no way to know how words sound and i read (laughs) and so does andy and so does andy he's a reader um they don't get they don't get back together and isn't for it andy leaves and we have the big reveal that he is in fact living in the pit behind ann's house but keeping his suit pressed keeping his suit Pressed, which just shows that. Yeah, he makes this big gesture and it's like, will you get back together with me? Yeah. And she he says, says he's working downtown. Yeah, it's just a lot of lies. And he says that he has to, he, his justification for living in the pit is he has to protect Anne from mm. weirdos. Yeah. 
which shows a certain degree of a lack of awareness about his own his own weirdness in this potentially moment. yeah i think too in andy's arc a thing to pay attention to is that he is you know he's trying to be someone he's not we're seeing all we we are learning what happens when characters try to be someone that they're not in this episode i think yeah. um so that's just something to think about andy leaves Leslie learns from her experience in the A story that she no longer has feelings for Mark and doesn't need to have him as this like big romantic figure in her life anymore. So she she tells Anne, you know, don't worry about it. I give you my permission to go on this date with him. Not only my permission, I've already set him up. You're going to see Food Inc. It's going to be a weird date. I honestly feel like, and I know I said this while we were watching, but I feel like this is the real first big character change for her where this selflessness to give Mark to Anne mm-hmm. and the crossing of the boundaries to do so and and really making it happen is what becomes her character eventually. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the this is a real moment, big moment for her where all season one we kept being like, ugh, I don't like that Leslie's so into Anne. And right in season two, mm-hmm. Not only do they drop her pursuing Mark, but they let it be like a big character moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a way to where she is someone who, you know, it's kind of she's sort of sacrificing something for her friendship, but it's more that she realizes that she can let this thing go, you know, and it's yeah, just. Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah. I think that's what's cool. It's like they, they let it be both. And I, there, we were talking about, well, what's the C story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We were like, well, Rod's not really in it, but he's just popping around. I mean, there's we have our, a couple Donna lines. She gets mentioned by name, yeah. where Leslie goes, this is the best interaction I've ever had with Donna. We realized it's in a our moment, best interaction, too. Yeah, that Donna somehow, you know, a, a character who has kind of had two, maybe three lines in the entire series is higher status than Leslie. <laughs> and Leslie is very pleased that she has made a yeah. good impression on Donna. Because Donna says that, She's going to turn someone in the club, mm-hmm. the gay the gay club bar, um, and Leslie cracks up. And we do, too, because it's Donna. It's Donna. It's Donna being I Donna. love, too, in the gay bar, Leslie got, goes, I've got it. There's two bisexual men here, and I've gotten both their numbers. <laughs> there's so many good lines. Yeah. The rest, I know season one was us discussing things, but season two of this podcast is just going to be me saying my favorite line. <laughs> no, it's there's really. so many good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that it's kind of, it's kind of the sweet spot of we're figuring out who these characters are and the writing is really good. And so it's like someone that we really love saying something really funny. Um, yeah. Or Mark. But it's both fun. I think an interesting arc for us this season is I start to warm on Mark a little bit. See, I don't. Here's what <laughs> happens to me in season two. They try to make him nice, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is they try to like force these heartwarming moments with Mark. They will throughout the series for uh, not the series throughout season two, like in a future episode, it's not a huge spoiler alert, but he helps Ron with his like building code or something. And it's supposed to be this sweet moment where Ron like tapes the building code book back together <laughs> for Mark and I just, I don't buy, I just don't emotionally connect with it mm-hmm. because I feel like, 
feel like the actor's not in it. I feel like <laughs> I just feel a lot of things. I kind of feel like Anne does by the end of the season, but I won't spoil that. But yeah, I, I sort of go through what Anne goes through. Where I'm like, okay, I'll give this guy a chance yeah. and then we'll see how that turns out. I mean, do you think um, they succeeded in this restart of Mark so far in this episode? Like in your mind, when he hit his head and now he's nice, they say it, but do you think they succeeded? I think I, I mean, here's the thing. The jury's still kind of out, but I think they, for me, are starting to succeed. I want to give them, I want to give them the shot. Um, And I think what it is for me is, is at least just in this episode, Bonnie Zoo, it does feel like he no longer feels like the cool kid at the party. As much to me, he's starting to, it's starting to feel like he would rather be with like this group of weirdos in the Parks and Recreation Department. I'll give him, I'll give him this. When Leslie comes to him and says, I accidentally married two penguins, season one, Mark would have said, can I tell you what? You're freaking out for nothing, you nerd. Mm -hmm. But season two, (laughs) Mark is like, good for you taking a stand. So I, I see the shift. I guess I just, I just don't connect emotionally because he, it still doesn't feel like it has the joy that is developing in the other characters. Mm. Um, But we'll get there. I'm not offended by this episode, Mark. I'm are just you, like. You, I thought you were dying directly to, I thought you had shifted into like. <laughs> ignoring me and just talking right to Mark in this. I thought you were like, listen, Mark. Mark. (laughs) Listen, Mark, I get it. I get it. You're slightly nicer. You're not calling Leslie a nerd at every turn. Um, I mean, like there is like there's this line where he's like, I, I, when he fell in, I was, he was, he says something along the lines of, I was down there wondering, how am I down here and single? And then the second thought I had was, Ow, mm. or something like that. And this actor was a drama actor and wanted to be in dramas. And I just feel like sometimes when he says the lines, it feels like someone who doesn't like comedy, uh, who like is almost like, like if if you believe in in comedy, then you give it a thousand percent and yeah. you just trust the line and yeah. it never feels like he comedy, fully trusts everyone, it. Everyone starts snapping along at home, start clapping. If you believe in comedy, we can bring it back. I think in the last episode I said, uh, we tell jokes and things of that nature. I'm really making comedy as unfunny as possible um, by dissecting it really, really far. Um, thank you to whoever tweeted at us that hilarious meme about different types of podcasts because I just it just came it just popped into my head. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to it now because it, it really made me laugh and it it really connects to what we're doing now, which is dissecting it. Uh yes. Uh at Ben Walks Away, Benjamin tweeted us the types of podcasts a guide and one of them one of the six things is nerds recap a show you've already seen and somehow it's longer than the actual tv episode and i really feel like as i dissect mark's jokes for 10 minutes i'm (laughs) living up to your meme so thank you ben for sending it and um yeah i mean i again i'm glad he's not actively bullying leslie um but 
Yeah, and, and I understand Anne's appeal um, towards him slightly. Again, I've never been attracted to Mark, as we discussed in season one, but I understand <laughs> that they're both the most seemingly level-headed characters. And I also think if you go from someone like Andy, mm-hmm. rebounding, what is the opposite of Andy? Mark. Yeah. Yeah. What is the opposite of someone like wildly irresponsible but really fun? Someone super responsible but not that fun. Well, and I, I think there is something of he – I don't know. I mean, I, I at least the show is trying to tell us that there's a real camaraderie between Mark and Leslie. And I do mm. think there's something of seeing, seeing Anne around – Leslie all the time and seeing a closeness and and it is just I mean there's a reason that Leslie is the main character it's like life is more interesting you know if you're in a scene with her and so I can imagine that he question yeah and this is for you and for the listeners if you're listening um <laughs> what do you think is happening out there I don't know <laughs> maybe it's just like in the background and every time I say uh, if you're listening they perk up and listen so in- some forest ranger think- is putting it on in a national forest and just leaving us out there on some some boombox. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, do you think what Anne does by, you know, asking to date Mark, do you think it's okay? She knows Leslie's been hung up on him for years. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm going to ask you this first, and then I'll ask the listeners and pause for their response. <laughs> I love, I love the real time. I love the listener Mad Libs that we're slowly building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's okay. I think she does the right thing. I think, you know, she's honest and straightforward, and she doesn't ask to date him. She just t- she lets Leslie know that he That's has fair. that he has asked her. Um. It's okay. It's a small town. How many people are there? You know? No, I think it's a fair point what you're saying, which is that Anne is simply reporting what happened and Leslie gets to make the choice about. <laughs> Leslie gets to make the choice for who Anne dates. <laughs> this, no, I actually think this is the beginning of a great character trait for Leslie mm-hmm. and the beginning of a fault of hers. I mean, she's accused later in the season of being a bulldozer when it comes to like other people's choices in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched a really interesting analysis recently on Jim and Pam from The Office. Uh, It looked at their whole relationship. But the thing I found most interesting was it analyzed their uh, last season relationship problems, which were were very controversial. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot, some of the writers wanted to break them up and people were just too upset and they didn't do that. But, (sighs) You know, I have mixed feelings about, you know, their relationship issues in the final season because the the pessimist in me is like, well, they're the heart of the show. So when they're struggling, it's not enjoyable to watch the show where the heart of the show is struggling. Mm-hmm. But this video said that their best qualities, the things we fell in love with them for, were also their weaknesses. You know, they're, they're sweet, like accommodating not bullying sort of always on the same page thing is also why they end up fighting and and kind of falling apart in the final season before getting back together. And I think with Leslie, it feels like a similar thing, which this is like one of her best qualities, which is that she calls up Mark and like 
tells her to go out, him to go out with Anne and she makes the decision for Anne, but it will also become her weakness. Mm-hmm. Like it's her biggest strength and her weakness. That was a long way of saying your strengths are also your weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, and I think you're so right that the, you know, what we would call weakness is also like a vulnerability, which is a thing that makes us really empathize and care and laugh with a character instead of laughing at them. Um, totally. And I, I think too, there's this, idea of having vulnerability and weakness is the thing is like the reverse side of the magnet that will propel the character on a journey, you know, that will give them an arc. But there's sort of this, the trick about a sitcom is that, you know, if it it was a movie, we would watch this character go on an arc, but because it's a TV show, we're coming back because it's comfortable and familiar. So there's this balancing act, I think, of watching characters that we love go through these changes and grow mm-hmm. while also not i think it's like finding new ways to to cause tension and trouble with their weakness and yeah. vulnerability well i think the thing with a tv show is like in life you can grow and then fall back and grow and fall back where in a mm-hmm. movie you can do that but you only have a limited amount of time so you have to at some point make that breakthrough mm-hmm. much quicker than over the course of a tv show um I do. I just, I really, I, I love this episode. I yeah, don't yeah. like, I just, it's so, it's, it just kicks off season two. It gives us, I mean, she just becomes so rootable. I think the last season we talked about the fact that if Leslie was originally supposed to be Michael Scott, then Mark being Jim would have made sense. But I think season two already leans into this idea that Leslie's on the right side of history, she's doing good stuff. And even when she does it by accident, she realizes what's good and she fights even if a whole slew of callers into Joan's show disagrees with her. She's Mm. willing to just be like, these are my beliefs. And she hasn't learned to articulate that perfectly yet, as we see on Joan's show. But I think, yeah, we really are supposed to root for her and the writers have decided we're supposed to root for her. There's also sort of this, the episode sort of ends with this feeling that Leslie, Leslie can't lose if she just decides not to feel like a loser in some way where where she, you know, she, she doesn't win the exchange on Pawnee today. She comes off not looking great. Um, The, you know, there's graffiti at the zoo. She doesn't handle this. (laughs) She doesn't handle this moment gracefully. But then the final image that we're left with is her finding a solution and actually thinking about the two people who are most effect- affected, which are Flipper Tux and Tux. Flipper. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that funny <laughs> thing at the zoo where it's like Tux and Eve, not Tux and Steve. It's just, it's, you know, we I really wanted to look up where gay marriage was at because it felt very much like a 2009. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to feel so sad about the world right now but um it is uplifting to think about how much of the stuff we researched um has changed since even you know 10 years, 10 ago. years ago yeah, yeah. Well, i think even some um, of the easy some of like the easier jokes you know where tom who i think tom has a really Great episode. I love him like hyping Tom, up Yeah, it's Wesley. a good episode for Tom. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's like a kind of a throwaway, like cutaway talking head joke 
where he's like, I'm seeing a lot of guys at City Hall here, and I guess they're seeing me here too. Like there's the the episode of the show is clearly like for, you know, marriage equality, but there are still these like throwaway jokes where it's sort of like it would be funny if someone thought I was gay. Like Tom yeah. kind of makes that joke. I mean, Tom is a good episode, but in addition to that joke, there's also this moment where Anne shows up at the bulge and she's super sober and Tom's like dancing to her and she has to literally shove him away. And I'm like, we can't get through one episode (laughs) where Tom doesn't act creepy. It's just, um, I really want to get to the town halls, but I do want to, before we do that, talk about Andy. Mm -hmm. So Andy comes in. Asks Anne to go out with him again by lying about his situation. Mm. Immediately, though, when she says no, he says okay. And he goes back to the pit where he's <laughs> stalking her. Calls back into his uh, hole. Yeah. To protect her from weirdos. <laughs> Respectfully from weirdos. And, you know, I don't. I, we don't have to completely talk about this because it, it gets more and more intense. Spoiler alert throughout the next episode or even like next episode. Well, it's literally intense because he's living in a tent in the pit. Intense. Oh, man. That's true. (laughs) Um, No, it's great. Um, But I still feel like his reasons for, like, being in the tent, unlike, like, there's a future really creepy, I think it's a cold open where Tom tries to put a nanny cam in Anne's house to, like, spy on her, and it's sort of written off as funny. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying to contrast this to some of the other characters. It doesn't feel like Andy's out there because he's like, I want to watch her sleep in a like sexual way. It just feels like he truly wants to protect her. Yeah. <laughs> From weird people. It doesn't. And I'm not saying that makes it okay, but it still feels like a puppy dog, but on like bad behavior still. What do you think? As a man. As the podcast resident man, I think. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, I think a line that does a lot of work for us in this episode is when, and its delivery is when Andy is like, there are a lot of weirdos around here. As he fully oblivious to the fact that he's delivering that line, you know, with his suit hanging up outside of his tent, living in the pit right by his ex-girlfriend's house. Like, I think, yes. I think that line shows, you know, his fundamental lack of self-awareness which means that it's like the behavior is still like very unhealthy and very bad, (laughs) very bad behavior. I'm not to be very clear. I'm not approving, but yet there is Chris Pratt commits to it in a way that Paul Schneider doesn't Paul Schneider being the guy who plays Mark (laughs) Brandanowitz. I'm sure he's a lovely man and actor. I just, I feel like, and, and I'll have to look, um, into where I'm getting this source, but I really do feel like part of his reason for leaving the show was he wanted to be a drama actor. If any fans want to, if you're listening, um, <laughs> if you're a you fan of the, the podcast and you're still and listening. And you want to, you're like, what did I just yeah. pick up in the middle? Uh, <laughs> send us articles about, uh, that prove that the actor wanted to be a drama actor. Cause, um, <laughs> you can be our research team or we can do it ourselves. Um, that's, that is the right way to do research. Hannah is you come up with what article you want to find and then you, <laughs> You try to find that article. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that's how research works. Yeah, I I I understand that his obliviousness. There's just yeah, his behavior is gonna get worse, but for some reason, it, in contrast to to like Mark in uh rock show telling Anne, You look good tonight, I'm trying to ask you out, her saying 
are you seriously asking me out and him going, I'm not doing that and gaslighting her. It just feels worse. There's like an intentionality and the intention is sex. Yeah. I think there's something with like Andy is a, like a clown and, and like a deep <laughs> sense the Philly, of the-, the Philly clown you talked about earlier. Who's the, who's the Philly clown? Or what was the guy's name? The clown when we were talking about me and acapella and crying. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Philan- what was the clown's name? <laughs> Who was that clown? I don't remember. Fog of war. If you're listening, <laughs> let us know what that clown was. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. Okay. So you were saying Andy's a clown, not the clown you mentioned first. No, not that clown. But I think Andy is clearly living in a fantasy world and is like a, is which which takes the edge off in a way where both to some degree Mark and Tom are like very sort of savvy about the world that we live in and are trying to like game those rules. It's more like Andy is playing by his own rules. And so when he when he breaks them, it is still wrong what he does, but it's because he is operating from like a place of fantasy and like uh no i understand let us know what you think because it is something i wanted to touch on we're not trying to let anyone off the hook uh for anything this show is about accountability (laughs) of these characters uh with that i want to get to these town halls do you want to get to these town halls let's hear what the people have to say All right, let's start with some voicemails. Remember, if you want to send a town hall in, all you have to do is send it in to SpeakPipe slash Pawnee Public Radio. Uh, It's really easy. You just press record. You can also email us at townhall at PawneePublicRadio.com. Tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. Shout across (laughs) the country to us. I'm in Chicago. Will, Hannah. (laughs) What? I'm just saying I'm in Chicago. I was giving people yeah. a little geographic. What's your address? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're so excited. And the best way to do it, of course, which we'll end on, is if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we must read your review. So please continue to do it. It helps us out a lot. But let's start with some voicemails. Um, our first voicemail uh, comes to us from Jess Sterling. Uh, it is uh, about... Uh, last episode. Just a reminder, we record, uh, here's an inside tip, on Thursday night. So please, if you want to get a voicemail in, get those in by Thursday uh, so we can hear you. But we're so excited to hear from Jess. She had sent us rankings. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Jess Sterling calling from upstate New York. I have a trivia question for you guys for season one, episode six. Can you name three things that were stuck to Andy's leg after his cast was removed? Ooh, trivia. Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to go my let's let's try to Ping pong. put three together. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say a coin has to be one of them. A lollipop, a sucker? That's right. I know yeah. that's right. I've got one more too, I think. I think remote okay. I think a remote is in there. So remote coin lollipop. Do you think? Do you think we should change coin? Coin was just what I would get stuck in a cast. I. I mean, my guess I think would be um, would be trail mix. And if I had to get real specific, I would go raisin. So I may know the lines to this show, but Will really was paying attention to what I came really out of his cast. <laughs> I watched it hungry. Big mistake. <laughs> 
Some of the things that were stuck to Andy's leg after his cast were removed were an iPod, a pirate figurine, what looked to be either turkey or tape, a guitar pick, a spork, an army figurine, a dime, and a chopstick. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yay, we did it. That? Dime, that's a coin. What a treat. Did you <laughs> Did you cheat? Did you listen to this voicemail and go back and study? No, I just listened to the first one. Also, wow. I think more than half of my guesses were wrong. <laughs> The pirate I like how my oh, first. So thank you for the trip. Please send us in more trivia, and I'll keep accusing Will of cheating. Yeah. Um. You will. You listened to the first one, and then went back, studied it, and then recorded this podcast. Yeah, because I didn't want to look like an idiot. Thank you so much, Jess, for the rankings for the trivia. Jess is who sent us the trivia, I believe. Yes. Oh, the rankings. Yes. All right. So our next voicemail. You guessed it. It's a new Connor, a fourth Connor. Connor from Wisconsin. Welcome to the Connor Club. Hi, Hanwell. This is Connor from Wisconsin. I'm hoping to join the prestigious Connor Club here on the Pawnee Public Radio. I had noticed a few things this episode that I wanted to share with you. First off, a couple uncharacteristic Ron Swanson moments. For starters, he doesn't seem to stand up for and defend Leslie when Marsha Langman asks for her to resign. He just kind of says, well, I have nothing to do with this, and we don't really see him the rest of the episode. Second, I noticed that Ron somehow lets all of his co-workers know exactly where he lives. When Jerry drops off the cake from the bulge, Ron lets everybody know it's the gay nightclub behind his house. Is this a slip-up of Ron's? Did he accidentally let everybody know where he lives? Or is he trying to throw everybody off the trail? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one. Finally, we all know that Andy Dwyer was not supposed to be a series regular past season one. Anne says that he left, went to Kansas to climb mountains after she broke up with him. I'm guessing this might have been the show creator's original plan of writing Andy off the show because it is such an Andy thing to do. Move to Kansas to climb mountains. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. I love your show. Uh, Keep it with the great content, guys. Thanks. Bye. Connor Club. I cannot believe we have a fourth Connor. We really have a type, Will. And his yeah. name is Connor. Yeah. I would like to answer the... Th- first Welcome. of all, thank you for calling in. <laughs> Welcome. I would like to answer the first question and defend Ron... Stand up for Ron mm-hmm. in your stand-up question. Um, so... Marsha... The, the Lang Lady, <laughs> as we call her, um, says... Introduces herself... Ron then leaves and said, this has nothing to do with me. And then the Lang lady says, I think you should resign. You don't think he knew her intentions. I first, the, My first point is that I don't think he did. But then I have a second point. And mm-hmm. it's a thing about Ron and Leslie's relationship. I think that, you know, in Boys Club, we see Ron go to bat for Leslie. But I think Ron really, um, as a boss, lets Leslie learn and grow and make mistakes and then is like the final safety net. Um, and we'll see it again in the series. I was going to give a specific example, but too many spoilers to explain. Yeah. I think Ron catches her when she's really about to fall. But for the most part, I think Les- he lets Leslie fight her own battles. Um, and so I don't think this is the first thing is out of character for him. Do you, Will? No, I think he I think you're right. I think he doesn't. He's just keeping his interaction to a minimal. He doesn't like degree. talking with Pawnee citizens. No, this is this is for sure. Yeah, 
I mean, I wish he had an actual role to play in the episode. We talked about this. He really pops in and out to be like, this person's here. He's almost like her doorman this episode. <laughs> um, the second thing was, I do think it's out of character for Ron to accidentally let people know where he lives. I think a later season, Ron would have been like, but I'm moving tomorrow. Yeah. As soon as he, he would have made eye contact with the camera, yeah. would have had to move. Maybe it's, yes. I, I think throwing off the scent is a good instinct. I also think maybe when he says behind my house, he means like north. You know, it could be that he is is just like operating on a purely like cardinal direction. So his things. cabin is like 10 miles away, yeah. but he's just saying it's behind 10 miles. Relatively, yeah. Yes. And then the third question. About whether Chris was, Chris yes. was written off the show. Well, he's in the opening credits for the first time. So I think they went into this episode knowing he'd be there. But I do think that Andy Dwyer would spend the rest of the series mountain climbing in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, uh, fun, I think that's a great point. A fun fact about the show that isn't true that I just made up was that Chris Pratt actually stayed in a pit behind the show creator's house, which they had dug over the course of their writing, part of their writing process. You know, let's dig Begging a pit. to be a, a main character. Yeah. And they were like, this a is... A series regular. We can't make this up. We've got to put the pit thing that yeah. you're doing right now, Chris... And maybe you can use that for your Andy character. Andy Dwyer doesn't exist in Slides and Swings. I mean, he is there, but only for the first episode. Yeah, as the prime minister, weirdly enough. It's all... I know. It's, yeah. it's odd. Um, if they had had time to find that show, I think that could have really, really taken off. We're going next to another Connor. We're going to Connor Young. Connor Club continues. Hey, Hannah Will. This is Connor Young calling from Norman, Oklahoma. Since both of you love Mark Brandanowitz so much, I thought I would ask a question about him. In the episode, Anne says that he has suddenly become a changed man, much better and not like his old self. However, in the episode, we really don't see this transformation at all. Is this an instance of the writers being a little bit lazy and just going with the telling versus showing option? Or is it because Anne is clouded by her love for Mark? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. Thank you, Connor Young, for calling in and for agreeing with me, even <laughs> though you didn't know page. you were agreeing with me. <laughs> uh, I do feel like it's a talent show, but this is an interesting thing. Do you think we're sort of seeing Mark through Anne's new crush lens? Mm. I think I think I, that's a brilliant point, Connor Young. Yeah, I think maybe a little bit. I'll also say I think you're right that there are 100 percent talent instead of showing us. But a thing that I like is I feel personally. I'm not super interesting in taking. I said I'm not super interesting. I that heard may be that, true, yeah. <laughs> but I'm also as an uninteresting person. I'm not interested in like a four or five episode arc of Mark learning to be like less of a selfish guy. No, to I be kind clear, of like Connor it, Young, Connor Young, and I are gonna. I'm speaking for both of us now yeah, to yeah. defend ourselves. We're not saying we wanted to see his growth arc I'm we're agreeing. just saying yeah. instead of being like he hit his head and he's nice now what if i mean even you could still say that and we just see him do something incredibly nice like i think hmm. sh you know show don't tell doesn't mean show his him being like i should be really nice which he also does this episode but I'm just saying we see him support Leslie, but almost in a mean teasing way and going contradicting what I said earlier of like, <laughs> no, you're making a stand. But what yeah. if this episode, you know, 
Instead, what if this episode had been, you know, Mark showing up to the bulge and being like, you don't have to care what people think. I I realized when I fell in the pit, like, you know, some sort of action is what Connor Young and I wanted. (laughs) Right, Connor Young? No, that's a good point. I think I think there is something to that, too, or maybe especially if you're going to make the choice. Okay, here's what I admire. I admire that they just decided, (laughs) what if we let him, he hits his head, we kind of start fresh in a slightly new way. And Um, I like that. I like that. But I also think there's something to what you and Connor are saying, which is like, you also could have made that choice and had it go even bigger. Or, you know, or it could have had like a thing that we... Could you defend Connor Young and I again? Um... (laughs) We're, After my agree, vicious attack. We, we both <laughs> like it. We like the choice to make him nice. He didn't work as you're such a nerd, Leslie, at every moment in mm. season one. We're just saying not even bigger, but show it with action. So Mark makes no choice. The only choice Mark makes is to once again ask out Anne to Food Inc. <laughs> um, that's the only choice. And that doesn't show a kind of like, what if... I'm just making things up now, but what if instead of, so what if Anne mentions it to to Leslie, what if Mark goes to Leslie and goes, listen, I've, I've been an ass in the past. I want to make sure it's okay if I ask Anne out because I know you guys are close friends and I'm trying to be a better person. Not even, that's not going bigger. That's just showing that he's more considerate. Yeah. He tried to kiss Leslie and then told her having sex with him was not a big deal. And in this episode, he asks out her best friend. After but a life changing head, head injury, yeah. Uh, Connor Young, let me know if I defended us well. Uh, we're going to move on to anonymous again, not the anonymous internet person. People, people are complicated. Oh, is okay. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was going here. I believe I'm recording. Uh, <laughs> my name is Jonathan. Breckman, not that you need my first and last name, uh, but um, I was sent this um, page, I guess you call it, uh, from a, a, a close friend of mine. They said that I could submit my complaints uh, right here. Um, I hope you are able to do something about this. I've been very concerned recently uh, with the state of what's going on with our United States Postal Service. I'm sure you've been following the news. Uh, what, what are we going to do? You know, I, I, I see a lot of people, uh, the post boxes are going, and, uh, you know, people are doing jack shit about it. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. I believe the question there was, what are we going to do about it? Thanks for calling in. <laughs> First of all, thank you for calling in. This feels like a true Pawnee citizen call-in. Yeah. Maybe from the bottom of a well. It's just the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> the vibe that I got is that it it um, might have been a call from the bottom of a well. You've called into the right place because if you're concerned about democracy in this country, a comedy podcast is the place to call. No sarcasm. Yeah. So, Will... What do you? What are your <laughs> tips for mail-in ballots in the post office this election? Well, that's great. We'll we'll put another little link with potentially more information. 
Um, but yeah, it's there's a pandemic out there and uh, voting is super important and we should all request our absentee or vote by mail ballots. Um, there are a ton of resources that can help make this even easier. I'm also frustrated, dear listener. Um, I also will link a really good article, uh, Miss About Vote by Mail Debunked, uh, where it explains how long vote by mail has existed and how great the post office is in uh, creating a safe way to vote during this pandemic. Yeah, the, the post office is in the Constitution. I love it. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. I sent a letter this morning. <laughs> love letters. Love the post office. We need it. At this point, I'm afraid all the mail-in ballots are just going to be dumped in a pit. <laughs> We're all scared. Nice. Democracy is at stake, but we will include links. Uh, thank you so much for calling in Anonymous. Wait, he wasn't anonymous. He left his first and last name. Thank you, Jonathan Brackman, who is not anonymous anymore, for calling in. Let's get to our next anonymous phone call. All right, roll the tape. Hey, Hannah and Will. Will, thanks a lot for the baseball elbow information on Rich Hill. I had been wondering if maybe he was related to Katie Hill, but I guess not. Anyway, quite a season, huh? Mookie's up there with nine homers, only a few behind Tatis. Keep keep up with the podcast, and I'm glad some of your listeners have Appreciate the sports part of it. <laughs> um, first of all, my dad's voicemail is relevant this week as one of the funniest lines is like Leslie at the that. bulge going, wow, thanks for hosting this on a night the Colts are playing to just silence. Yeah, I am the bulge. <laughs> um, so, yeah, how would you answer my dad's sports thoughts this week, Will? I First of all. Mr. Shapiro, your delivery of the word anyways was the perfect transition between two thoughts. <laughs> you nailed the delivery. Um, regarding Mookie and the homers, nine's great, but you know what would be even better? Ten homers. Let's let's hope for double digits. You truly are the audience at the bulge. You are. <laughs> so what do you think? Silence. No. Because it's not about sexuality. That line is just about saying the wrong thing to the wrong audience. Yeah. And and doing that every every day for seven weeks in a row <laughs> and having the audience eventually be like, you know what? I'm going to start watching baseball this week. That's how I feel. I want you to watch baseball this week. So next week you have like a very well-researched ep- episode answer for my dad if he calls in again. Yeah. Mookie's team, right? The Mookie, Mookie's The team. Mookie players. Mookie bets. Um, Maybe that's my right. thing, Hannah. Maybe yours is acapella. I'll make fun of it. But if I got to play pro ball. <laughs> you got to play, play pro ball. I would cry. I would cry in the you parking lot. <laughs> uh, who wouldn't? Um, so I'm just going to read one tweet. Whoa. Um, I almost said just kidding. I'll read two. <laughs> <laughs> for, for folks um, at home, Hannah has printed out all of the tweets they're on tiny scraps of paper I'm gonna she's read drawing two. them out i'm of gonna hat. read two i've lied already <laughs> so the first tweet is from bethany gillum she said a lot of great things but my favorite is finally a donna moment hashtag that's my girl mm. we we did get you know uh, we really uh, they're really sprinkling donna in yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I, I had the same, the same feeling. It's a great line, and another, and like the delivery feels like her character has grown volumes between seasons. You know. Oh yeah. I love how this episode and every episode, like I said, April, they just know who she is, no matter how many lines April has. Like, I love in this one, she's wearing this like prom looking dress over a t shirt <laughs> for the penguin wedding. And it's just like even the costume designer knew who April was. Well, that does feel like maybe a slight difference between creating, creating a role for Aubrey Plaza <laughs> versus like yeah. casting these hilarious other featured roles like Retta. But, but maybe you know having the yeah. role and then bringing Red on. Um, but yeah, no, April is already so fully formed. Um, Sean Yanell at Sean S Yanell Art. Well, first uh, I want to say I, I keep lying. Bethany Gillum is at Miss B Gillum. Miss <laughs> M R S. Is that Maris or is that just still Miss Maris? I'm not sure. I'm new here. Um, there's so many different Miss, Maris. Why do men only have Mr.? Why do for women you have to know if they're married by their. I just thing? learned Unless today that Ms. there is like a gender neutral or non binary, just like MX. What is but it? I'm not trying to say it. MX? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you say it? Mex? Mixter? I'm not sure. I love that. I learned, yeah. Um, I if you're listening, let us know how I... to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> Sean Yanell at. I already said it, but I'll say it again. If you missed it the first time, at Sean S. Yanel Art said, Hey, Pawnee Public Radio, I just found my slides in Swing Season 1 DVD. I love this show, and I'm so glad you all talk about it on the podcast. And then he has an image of his DVD of Slides and Swings with the feisty redhead Leslie Nope. Um, and we retweeted it at Radio Pawnee, so please check it out. It it's was so reassuring. Yeah. I was starting to feel like I had made this whole thing up, you know, because people were acting like they hadn't, they didn't know what it was or they hadn't seen it. I was feeling yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's hard but, to find. Yeah. And obviously, Catherine Tate is on the DVD cover. She's a British actress who played Leslie Nope in the British version. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Um, you know, in the Katie Hill episode, we had a Katie Hill follower get very angry about Parks and Rec. And Will did suggest the British version of The Office, which he also said he was not interested. Yeah. Or, sorry, the British version of Parks and Recs. Recs. <laughs> Parks and Rec. <laughs> um, the, the letter X is on my mind. Um, slides and Swings, also not interested. Will, you really handled this, I, I want to say first troll, but I don't know, maybe you've been trolled before, with such ease. Yeah, I think uh, it was. Thank you. <laughs> it felt less like a troll and more just someone who needed to let us know that they didn't like the thing that we liked, and that I think that's I just loved, a fun. Place I love to- your positive <laughs> Paul interpretation of a troll. They, they weren't yeah. trolling me. They just really wanted, needed to let us know they yeah. didn't like the thing we care enough about to talk f- about for hours. I sort of do, but have you this- know, it's not. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I just have this feeling. With regards to trolls, where I no, you keep going. <laughs> no, I want to hear the feeling. <laughs> you want to hear my feeling? What is it? Yeah. Um, I it's hard for me to understand seeing that someone else likes something and deciding to tell them that that it isn't fun and they shouldn't like it. And I my kind of my gut reaction there is to try to have fun with them. And I know yeah, that doesn't I think work with everyone. No, no, but. no. I think it's harder when the thing they need to tell you that they don't like is you. 
I think that's when it becomes a little diff- more difficult. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. When they're like, I need to tell, like go yourself, on the internet like to tell yeah. you. <laughs> well, whether or not you like yourself, I need to go on the internet to be like, I don't like you. But you know who likes us and who likes this podcast? It's mm-hmm. Shania now. Thank you so much for showing us your Slides and Swings DVD. This was a real, t- a real, I almost said a real tweet, but I was, I was trying to say a real tr- treat. Yeah. But it's a real treat t- tweet. Yeah. Say that 10 times fast. Tweet yourself. <laughs> So we're going to read two of the five-star reviews. Uh, Will, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So this review is from Girl Who Married TV. Congratulations. I I hope you two are so happy together. I know one of you very, very well. Um, and it's titled Hype Man for this podcast. Wait, do you know Girl well or TV well? I know Girl okay, but I know TV pretty well. Great. Yeah, we went to high school together. Um, hype man for this podcast, Hannah, three ends, so you can get those dare bonds. And Will, our delightful host of this Parks and Rec rewatch, thoughtful and subdued, as is the Pawnee Public Radio standard. But seriously, such fun, dry humor that pairs perfectly with the tone of the show. Way better than the Slides and Swings recap podcast, which has all caps, zero Connors. The, the Slides and Swings podcast. I mean, we've talked about the show, but I don't... The Slides and Swings podcast is a very dark podcast. Yeah. They cry every time they record it. Yeah, that's the intro music is just... Weeping. Just weeping. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Girl Who Married TV, uh, an old high school friend of Will's. <laughs> Am I? Is the joke flying over my head, or do you really know, girl? Um, thank you so much. We're we're gonna. I'm gonna read a second one, but just remember, we'll read through all of these. Um, the next five star review is from. Thank you so much for 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 sending it in. Uh, this is from the cutest dog, which must be my dog, right? <laughs> um. The title is of the review is Love the Podcast. And the review says, really loving the podcast. You can't argue with that. Wow. Right to the point. Um, well, we're really loving these five-star reviews because they really they really help us out. So if you're listening. Yeah. Over, over 100 <laughs> people have left reviews. And I genuinely, earnestly am so touched. And thankful for all of you. That's such, yeah, really yes. appreciate it. And thanks for having um, having fun with it. And also, yeah, just you know, comedy <laughs> comes in threes. You're supposed to say, you know, by the third beat, the, the third time you say it is the punch, basically. Mm-hmm. I've done the really listening joke seven or eight or nine or ten times this podcast. So I really hope you've appreciated the overkill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm also very thankful for everyone reviewing it and for listening. Yeah. I'm just really thankful you're listening. <laughs> um, you know what? I was talking to a friend, Will. That's right. I have a friend. <laughs> this is another podcast or this is just just recreational talking? It was just, just recreational talk. You're not going to do anything and with I it? Was, you're just going to just going to have No, I think we're not going to record it. It's just going to be f- private. Okay. Um, but we were talking about this podcast and I was saying how I was initially nervous mm-hmm. to be like in the good the good heated up seasons of Parks and Rec because I was like, well, it's not like we're going to be funnier than the show. Mm-hmm. Um, true so you far. Know, <laughs> uh, true so far and forever. And, you know, it's easy to like talk about something you're critiquing, but that I was like nervous to talk about how much I love these episodes as they continue to get better and better. But then I started talking about how excited I was to 
about these episodes, and I realized it's going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to get to talk about some really good TV. Yeah. Season two just heats up until it's a fire. <laughs> we hope you'll stay with us and keep listening. Um, please, you know, participate in our town halls. It's really fun to hear from you, to hear who is on the other side of the mic. <laughs> That's not how that works. No, it's a very long cord. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's that's my understanding is that it's going directly into people's ear holes. Yeah, we've talked can to can. Can to can. Um and I say we're not funnier than this show. <laughs> can to can. That's pretty good. Um yeah, but this show it just gets better and better and hopefully uh we grow as the show grows. Um we had so much fun that's talking to Katie Hannah. Hill. It was so fun. If if you haven't listened to that, please do. That's season one, episode six um, of the podcast and the show. We're looking forward to having some more special guests from all walks of life. Um, children, older people, old, old people, just every, every age group represented. Just, yeah, all walks and stages of life. <laughs> yes. Um, if you have someone that you're like, oh my gosh, this person must be on the podcast. Let us know. I almost said in the comments below as if this was now suddenly a YouTube video. Um, but you know where to find us at Radio Pawnee, at Hannah Lil Nesson, at Will Sonheim. Um, do you want, do we have any emails? Do you want to have oh, them in the inbox? We do. Yes. You were going to oh, a full, full wrap up. Full wrap I, up mode. I, I, I thought, you know, I told Will, I was like, we're going to end on the five star reviews. So you should have known that I had forgotten the email. <laughs> I forgot the email for weeks and weeks and then forgot it again just oh, now. Um, but guess who got a password? Uh, Will did. <laughs> it's at, if you want to email us, uh, we're going to be reading two emails today. This is townhall mm-hmm. at com. Will, do you want to start by reading Josh Green's email? Yeah. Uh, Josh wrote us a very sweet email. Hi, Will and Hannah. My name is Josh Green. First time writing in. I am a huge RHAP fan and a huge NBC fan. Parks and Rec, Office, and 9-9. Do you guys see any three characters, one from each show mentioned, that are similar? I have found three that I think are common and interesting to watch. Leslie Nope, Amy Santiago, and Dwight Schrute are all very similar in their ways of admiring their superiors, being extremely intense, and never understanding a joke. Also, we see in key scenes, they all have shown their infatuation with a lover of theirs, whether it be Mark Brandanowitz, Jake Peralta, or Angela Kinsey. Let me know your thoughts of the podcasts thus far. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. What a sweet email. Josh, thank you so much for writing in. I love how thinking did it, about How those. does it feel having the email password and being able to be a part of this now? I'm signing all sorts of change.org petitions. I'm having so much fun with this with this new email now all of these shows have uh mike sure has kissed them all mm-hmm. yeah. by kiss we mean right <laughs> he's not kissed anybody well not in his life Mike sure if you're listening save we it, know yeah. you save kissed it. other save people it. bring it home bring it home <laughs> okay Baseball. so I'll, th- I'll throw it to you first this first of all josh i see your similarities of leslie amy and dwight it's interesting having Dwight in there um, since, you know, Amy and Leslie are both leading ladies. Um, 
But I, I do completely see the connections you're you're finding. Uh, Will, do you want to start us off? I think I've got an Andy Dwight Boyle kind of thing going on. Andy? Dwight. Dwight. Wait, Andy. But Andy's not from Parks. Oh, Andy. <laughs> Andy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I was thinking of Andy from The Office. I could, on some days, I could even do an Andy Andy <laughs> pair. And there's Andy Sandberg. There's just so many Andys. <laughs> it's like Connor on our podcast. It does. I think a fun thing about this question is there there are definitely like shadows and you see, you can see some moments that it feels like can you could graft kind of like right on top of another with a character from a different show and just mm, pick right up. Yeah. Um, but I do think as the shows go on, the characters become more and more particular. Well, and hit, less of hit, like us with, yeah. hit us with your similarities and then I'll try to go for one too. What do you see between those three? I think again they're kind of like clowny characters. Like I think they're they're characters who are often the butt like the butt of the joke because mm. they are sort of living in their own world with their own rules, but who then can also just like say direct truths. Like can sometimes be the only people who see see like what's true <laughs> because mm. they're so simple in some way, you know, or like um yeah, and then no, they're all kind of like all kind of like big-headed have, babies too. Okay, I have a twofer first, like a just two people. Okay, and neither one of them are a Parks and Rec character, so maybe you can help me find the Parks this and Rec character. Podcast doesn't just face. have to be about Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Captain Raymond Holt. Uh-huh. Oh no, no, no! None of them are an Office character. So you need to help me come up with the Office. Okay, Captain Raymond Holt, Holt, and Ron Swanson. They're both characters who are. The boss, but not that the office one has to be the boss, but they're both characters that have very strong moral codes Mm -hmm. and very specific um, mannerisms, beliefs, so that when it when they break that, like when Raymond Holt tells a joke or Ron Swanson giggles, Nick Offerman has a very, very cute, funny giggle. Yeah. It it like jars you into laughing because it's so they have such a structured way of thinking. Is there <clears throat> the equivalent on the office of the Raymond Nick Offerman. Now I'm just confusing actor names with character <laughs> names. With the Ron Swanson, Raymond Holt. Is there? Yeah. Do you do? You, do you, I I hope at first you you find my similarities. Yeah. Um I think not a perfect match, but Idris Elba's character when he comes in as like a replacement. Yeah, but he's such an ass. He's a, yeah. <laughs> but I think like, like straight laced and then. <laughs> He's like the maybe the real world version of that. I would say that or Will yeah. Ferrell's version. Um when he yeah, is like a maybe, replacement. Maybe this is really okay. My my choice actually might be really yeah. weird. Raymond Holt. Okay. Ron Swanson, Angela Angela Martin. Mm-hmm. Where mm. Angela has a very specific set of beliefs. And then when it breaks, it's really funny. It, I'm going weird. That's okay. Fun. Let us know if you're listening. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Josh it. Green, we're going to continue to think about this question. We got to set up like I, a fantasy league. And remember, I yes. don't know anything about sports, but I we got to start building some teams. But but we but Will's put a lot of money into a website called Fantasy League. Mm. I had yeah, I had a whole dot business Pawnee plan Public Radio. Yeah, bubble burst. <laughs> don't want to talk about um, it. <laughs> thank you so much for emailing in, uh, Josh Green. And uh, our next email is from oh we got a google alert too but we're not going to read that email because that's not necessary um from benjamin benson i guess i'll read this one 
uh, since you were the last one. Hello, Will and Hannah, whose name is a palindrome. That's true. Uh, all three of my names are palindromes. Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, Lil, L-I-L, Nessen, N-E-S-S-E-N. So you're right, <laughs> but you're just, you don't even know how right you are. Um, then Shapiro, my last name, isn't. Blows um, it wide open, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, really changes it up. Um, this is Ben, but not the Ben that is dating and April's boyfriend. Ah, I yes, not Ben who's dating. I Derek. think make it through the whole email and then we'll figure. Oh, it. without commenting. <laughs> yes, what a great season opener. That's back to what Ben's saying. Yeah, no, oh, I think I'm we just got to plow ruining. through. I think we got to get. I to love the end. that we get to meet Marsha. Can you imagine what her husband might be like? Winky face. Your interview with Katie Hill was exquisite. Thank you. Sorry, I forgot. I'm not supposed to be getting through the email. I'm not going to apologize. Katie Hill told me not to apologize. Deal with it, Will. I wonder if Katie had experiences like Leslie on Jones' talk show. It made me think of Hannah fighting it out with survivor haters. Also, three guys tried to pick up slash hit on Anne this episode. Mark, Tom, and Andy. Anne really is a poetic, noble land mermaid. Have, have fun. Yay. P.S. I can never find where to leave a voicemail. Also, dad sports talk is great. Excellent um, email. Excellent email. I, I, I added commentary throughout the whole thing. You've clear, you're clearly familiar with my social media, as yeah. you know that I fight with people on my social media. Um, to leave a voicemail, Benjamin, and we would love to hear your voice where I can't interrupt with my own commentary. It's speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio. We also link it on our uh, Twitter at Radio Pawnee. So if you're having trouble finding it, go to the Twitter. Um, my dad's going to be so happy to hear you're loving the sports talk. Um, and yeah, we won't spoil the the Lang woman's uh, husband, but it is uh, exquisite. Uh, do you have any additional thoughts about Benjamin Benson, first and last name? I I think you're right on the money, Ben. Um, yeah, and I agree about the dad sport talk. That's another website Remember domain that I bought. Remember when I tried to wrap up this podcast early? <laughs> yeah. I think you should now try to wrap it up since I already, you already heard Hannah trying to wrap it up, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, me. Oh God, I hate when people talk in the third person. You already heard me trying to wrap it up. So Will, why don't you try to wrap it up now? Yeah, I think my big plan for this is to start wrapping it up and then just have the music that plays at the Oscars slowly swell and, and drown so me out. So at this point, we're hoping that our music theme song is drowning out.